What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Diggers podcast on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. It's Friday. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. Mimosa Michelle is here. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey. No mimosa today, but there will be a mimosa next week. I, I, I can't Ooh. drink today, but next week I'll be ready to go and I'll be excited. I was told there was going to be a mimosa today. Uh, no, I then told you I couldn't. I have a like a race thing tomorrow, so I'm not drinking today. I have to do it. So my race tomorrow, I'm very excited for it. It's called the Dry Try. It's at Orange Theory. You do a 5K run, a 2,000-meter row, and then 300 body weight uh, reps on the floor. But And then you try to like see who's the fastest. I won't come close to the top three or anything like that, but I'm really excited. My first time ever doing it, and I just my goal is to finish. <laughs> I have a strict no running or working out policy that I've followed pretty religiously since 2006. And uh, yeah, good luck. Don't die. I'm very excited. Kate's doing it with me, my wife. It'll be a fun little activity. And then afterwards, I'm going straight to brunch, baby. Well, I'll come (laughs) home and shower and then go to brunch. Oh, God, I can't even. There is no universe in which I would take part in any of those. events. I wouldn't even watch people do that. That's too taxing for me. So good luck. But, you know, not for me. And you'll never get me there. Uh, We got a lot to talk about on today's show. We're going to get into some rankings. Michelle, you had the idea. We're going to break the 49ers team down into units and compare the units across the NFC. And you have some AFC, NFC quarterback comparisons for us. Is that right? Oh, I do. I don't have that pulled up, but I will. So you were 50% prepared for the show today. I was 50% prepared. I forgot. I forgot about all that. I had a stressful morning. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry about that. Okay. One quick note before we get into everything. I just want to let everybody know if you subscribe to the new podcast feed, when I was laid off from SB nation, thank you. First, second, We got finally control and ownership of the old feed. We have it now. We're changing that over to the gold standard. So the new feed is going to be sunsetted. Come April 1st, it's going to go dark. So if you want to get our shows, you have to follow us. Just search gold standard San Francisco 49ers. It'll come up. Same logo and everything. Just click follow. And if you could leave a uh, rating and a review, that would really help because uh, we need a bunch now because so many of you were trashing SB Nation when, uh, when I was first laid off. Yeah, we might need those uh, reviews changed a little bit. Yes, please and thank you. All right, let's get into it now. We're going to break the Niners down by quarterback, running back, pass catchers, offensive line, front seven, and secondary, right? Yep, and we're going to compare them, rank them to the other NFC teams. Where do they fall in line with the other NFC teams for each position group? Do you want to start with the quarterbacks? Yeah, we'll start with the offense. Let's go quarterbacks, running backs, pass catchers, and then O-line through the offense first. Okay, let's start with quarterbacks. I can tell you're very excited. I saw the little shimmy you just did. (laughs) Very nice. Uh, All right, where do you have the 49ers quarterbacks in the NFC? So I have them sitting right around 7-8. Ooh. 7-8. So kind of right in the middle. Of the NFC, I have my list of guys I would put ahead. Where do you, we can say that in a second? Where do you have the 49ers quarterbacks? The exact thing I wrote down was six ish. So, six. N- not really that much different from you. Um, I think I could be convinced either way. Where did you l- run them down for me in the NFC? Okay, so I have Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields, healthy Kyler Murray, healthy Matthew Stafford. 
which I don't know if Matthew Stafford would ever get back to full health. So he's kind of question mark there. And then I have Jared Goff right there with the 49ers quarterbacks, because I think if you put Jared Goff with Kyle Shanahan, he would do at least what Brock Purdy did, right? Like, I don't think he'd be worse than Brock Purdy. He might even be able to be better. So that I have him kind of there with Jared Goff. And this is all saying like, I'm taking these quarterbacks out of their environment and thinking of them in the Kyle Shanahan system. Cause we're comparing the 49ers quarterbacks to them. Would they be better or worse than Brock Purdy slash Trey Lance slash Sam Darnold doesn't count because he's the worst quarterback in the league, but <laughs> would like, would they be? And I think those six guys I named would I would say definitely would be at least as good as Brock Purdy, probably better. I had Hertz one. I agree with you that we have pretty similar rankings. Hertz one, Dak two. I put Stafford three for assuming he's healthy. Um, I didn't put Kyler Murray anywhere on the list because I know he's hurt. And I was just looking at like this year. Um, so I went Hertz, Dak, Stafford, then Cousins four. And I have Geno Smith five. I you, you kind of slept not on Geno. Geno Smith over. I would still keep Brock Purdy and Trey Lance over Geno Smith easily. I mean, I would too, because Gino's expensive for what he is, but that's what the range I have him and Gino Goff kind of in that range. And then I put the Niners basically right after that. You're crazy if you want to take Justin Fields over Purdy and Lance right now. Um, I think he could be just as good. He'd be, he, he would be special. He already is special, but he'd be extra special in the Kyle Shanahan offense. He's not as good a passer as Brock Purdy. Oh my, he was passing to nobody. He has like, a better arm. But he's not as good a passer as okay. Brock. Well, you, you have no idea if that's true because he was passing to legit scrubs that will not even be playing next year. Like there was no offense around him. He had absolutely nothing. And you're like, well, he's not like Brock Purdy throwing to Devo and Ayuk and Kittle and CMC. Like, yeah, of course he's not. Of course he's not. Does Patrick Mahomes still look pretty damn good with just Travis? We're not Kelsey? comparing anyone to Patrick Mahomes. No, no, Patrick hold Mahomes on. might be the most talented quarterback to ever play the game. But the point is, you can still look really good, even if you don't have great Travis wide receivers. Travis Kelsey is a hundred million times anything that Justin Fields had last year. Yeah. I Juju agree. is way better than anything. No, he's not that- better than Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney got hurt pretty early on. He still exists. By the way, I the mean, Bears he didn't have a play, so he didn't exist. The Darnell Bears Mooney have a was, sneaky okay, anyway. good like core that they're putting together now. As I was going through, I was like, pass catchers, Bears. Hey, not bad. Um yeah. DJ Moore's good. No, I'm not on the Justin Fields train by any stretch of the imagination. He could be good, but based on what I saw Jalen last Hurts. year, he's the next Jalen Hurts. Maybe. Maybe not, though. Maybe he's just a guy that, like Daniel Jones, it's a really good runner, and that's kind of it. No. He was a great passer in college. I don't think that just goes away. Are you serious? The history of the league is strewn with guys that were great passers in college that stunk in the NFL. I guess that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but I was saying, like, I don't think, like, all of a sudden his accuracy is just gone. I think he just doesn't have any playmakers whatsoever. I think he's pretty accurate, but... We'll see. There's a lot that goes into it. And he had, he's incredible on the ground. Other than Lamar Jackson, he's the If you told best. me right now that I could trade away Brock Purdy and Trey Lance and get Justin Fields, I would do that and literally wouldn't even think about it. Oh, but I again, would. I would have drafted Justin Fields over Trey Lance 100 times out of 100 times. There were a lot of 49er fans that feel exactly the way you do on that one. But I think we generally kind of agree on the, I mean, more or less, you have them a little bit lower for the 49ers quarterbacks than I do. But for the most part, we think they're, you know, between six and eight. What do you think that's fair? Yeah, 
I think that's fair. I would not like your Geno Smith over them is crazy. I don't know why you would have what based on what you saw this year. Why would you have Justin Fields over Geno Smith? Geno Smith has been in the league for 11 years and he finally had one good season where really it was only one half of a good season. And then he already started to come back down slowly in the second half. Like you could just see that thing being like, wow, he had a really magical run there for a hot second. Like there's quarterbacks that have magical runs sometimes. And Geno Smith had his, I'm happy he got paid, but like, I don't expect him to continue this greatness. I think the Pete Carroll system knows how to, he knows how to use his quarterbacks correctly not put him in too big of a bind. Like I think he's in a nice system right now, but in, in Kyle Shanahan's system, Geno Smith would be fine. He'd like maybe similar to like a Brock Purdy, but I just would keep Brock Purdy. And I think Trey Lance has a way higher ceiling than Geno Smith. So I'm not, not messing with that. Geno Smith's had one more good year than Justin Fields has ever had. I'll just say that. Uh, let's did get he, to- at, did he after year two or did I'm it take that. him 11 years to have a good year? Well, he wasn't a starting quarterback. Yes, he was. He, he had it starting chances for three seasons. After he got punched in the face by IK and Impala, he lost <laughs> his job. Um, uh, yeah, I think the Fields thing is definitely going to be worth watching. But I, you look, I'm with quarterbacks, and I'm going to be this way with Brock and with Trey. I It takes a long time for me to totally buy in. It takes more than a season, and definitely more than a season where a quarterback throws 17 touchdown passes like Justin Fields. Well, so. Jalen Hurts only threw 16 in mm-hmm. 2021. Then he was pretty freaking good. And yeah, and I'm not sold on him either. Oh, just, my goodness. I You're need... not sold on him after being the runner-up MVP, and he would have won if he didn't get hurt? Yep. Okay. Yeah. As good of an MVP year is, that's only one year. Oh, okay. So you wouldn't trade for him right now and pay him? Trade for Jalen Hurts? Yeah. No. You're crazy. Absolutely not. Crazy. Let's get to the running backs. This... I don't know if I could talk to you after that quarterback conversation. I mean, (laughs) I am like so upset right now. Did you really think it was going to go any other way? I don't know. Jalen Hurts is my baby. You know that. And Justin Fields is my second baby. No, I like Jalen Hurts. All I'm saying is I don't know that he's like going to be a stud top quarterback in the NFC for the next 10 years. I don't know that. You only need five years. He'll be a stud for the next five years, at least. Yeah, we'll see. We will see. Let's go to running backs now. This was a really fun exercise. And I'm trying not to be a homer with this stuff, but I have the Niners with the best running backs in the NFC. Do you feel differently? I put number one 49ers easily. I wrote pretty easily. I don't even think it's really a competition because CMC is the best running back in the NFC, maybe in the whole NFL. And then you look like Elijah Mitchell is one of the best second running backs. So I can't put anyone else with them. I have a second tier of guys, but they wouldn't come. Like there's no way I'd be trading for them and giving away CMC and Elijah Mitchell. So I'm putting 49ers number one easily. Yeah. When you have arguably, and I, I don't know how arguable it is, but if you want to say it's arguable, okay the number one guy at the, at the position in the conference and then the depth behind him. I even think Jordan Mason, especially for a third running back is really, really strong. So to me, I had Niners one here. I'll give you my rankings first Niners one. Then I went Vikings two with Dalvin cook and Alexander Madison Packers, three lions, four Cowboys, five. Okay. Okay. You, you were making some faces there. Yeah. I mean, some, some of them, we have the same. I, 
also so I have a second tier of teams and mm-hmm. it has the Packers in it with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Yep. Dallas, I love Tony Pollard. I think he's probably the he could be the second best running back in the NFC if he's Agreed. healthy next year. But Ronald Jones, the second one, I'm like, eh, okay. But I, I do think with Tony Pollard, that puts him up there. Now with the Saints, it comes down to is Elvin Kamara playing in the NFL anymore. I don't know. If he plays next year and it's Elvin Kamara plus Jamal Williams, now that's a really nice duo. I'll give like they're definitely second tier there. And then Giants, Saquon Barkley is so good. And then you got the speed with Matt Breda. So I would put them up there. Um, I kept off the Lions, like DeAndre Swift has been a massive disappointment. Then David Montgomery now it's like, eh. They're not, they're like, they're good. They're fine. And Dalvin cook has definitely lost the step. So I just, I put them down a tier as well. Oh man. I maybe, uh, maybe I'm thinking of Dalvin cook from a few years ago. Do you know but... who's sneaky? I, they would not be close to the 49ers backfield and not even in the second tier, but maybe the third sneaky, I think is the bears now with Khalil Herbert and Deonta Foreman. Those are two good running backs. And with fields being that rushing threat, I think they could have like, they already had a really good running game this year, but I think they could be dangerous for sure. I'm surprised you don't have the Eagles because I know your love for Rashad Penny. Uh, he can't but stay healthy. That's he can't stay healthy. I was all I was all ready to go in on him because I thought you were going <laughs> to say that. And Boston Scott, there is their number two. I like love Kenneth Gainwell too. Number yeah. two. Okay. Like, they don't use him enough as a pass catcher, but he could be really good. He was great as a pass catcher in college, and they just Jalen Hurts doesn't use his running backs that way. To me, the number two running back in this was important. You had to have something behind the starter, like Kenneth yep. Walker for Seattle. Yep. Great. Yep. I but... love Kenneth Walker, but I just put them as kind of good because you have DJ Dallas as number two. Like that's not <laughs> right. a... and it... like they yeah. could draft somebody and and vault right back up there this year. But right now, we're looking at this right now. Yeah. Sorry they... to cut you off there. No, you're good. I put them as kind of good because if Kenneth Walker goes down, you're screwed. If CMC goes down, yeah, that sucks. But you still have Elijah Mitchell for a half of a game until he gets hurt. Oh, <laughs> oh man. A billy club to Elijah Mitchell. All right. So right now we have the Niners quarterbacks like between six and eight in the NFC. And we have the running backs at number one. Let's go to the pass catchers now. Do you want to go first? No, you can go first so I can get the topic bar up. I have them sitting at number two. Number that's two. where I had them. Number two. Then who's your number one team? My number one team, the Eagles. Mm-hmm. When you go AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard, that's yeah. really damn good. And I was debating between the Eagles and the Niners. And what it came down to for me is AJ Brown's worst season is Debo's second best season. It's also just if you think about one guy that can really be a wide receiver, one like play the whole around like that wide receiver, like true dominant guy, it's AJ Brown over Devo Samuel. Like if you said right now, I'll give you AJ Brown for Devo Samuel, like yes, yes, yes. I would do like, it. Would even be a consideration. And I personally have Devonta Smith just a little ahead of Brandon. I love them both, think they're super talented, but Smith, I think, is truly, truly a, a great wide receiver. So and Dallas Goddard, yeah, isn't as good as George Kittle, but he's still a very good tight end. So I would have Eagles over them. And then even Quez Watkins, he can't catch a ball, but his speed offers more <laughs> to the offense than Jawan Jennings. And like his speed does open up other guys. It, it just does. Well, Jawan Jennings is just that little slow guy that, you know, you, catches some your Jawan Jennings disrespect knows no, <laughs> but you can't mention him without throwing a slight his way. Hopefully they upgrade the wide receiver 
three this year. I mean, I guess they tried with Danny Gray last year and he never got on the field. 66% of Jawan Jennings catches resulted in a first down. Good for but him. Apparently that's not, that's nothing for you. You're going to poop on him every time we his, bring his, his name up. 12 catches. Good job. He had 35 catches. Oh, all right. Okay. 20. Okay. He has a limited role, but he's good at it. Um, I went, so I went Eagles one, Niners two, Cowboys three, and then I went Bears four. When you Ooh. go DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool's your three, and then you got Cole Komet at tight end. That's that's interesting to me. That to me was a lot of fun. I did not put the Bears in my top five, and they weren't in my runners up either. Okay, what so did you have? I I do I agree with you. The Cowboys are three since they added Brandon Cooks. I think going three out with Lamb, Cooks, and Michael Gallup, that's a yeah. really nice and three. Gallup's a year removed from the ACL, too. Yeah. The thing is they don't have a tight end. So they're gonna have but there's a lot of good tight ends in this class. Maybe mm-hmm. they use a pick on him. And then also like Tony Pollard can be used like a CMC where he is a really good pass yes. as well. So and then I put number four. Listen, I put the Vikings. Justin Jefferson is just the best wide receiver in the league. And then you also have TJ Hawkinson is who is a really great tight end as well. Now the rest of their core is pretty weak, but like when you have those two, they're still going to be top five for me. So Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson. And then number five was the Buccaneers with Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Russell Gage. They have some pass catching running backs. And then Kate Allen as a rookie last year showed some stuff. So I have them at five. The Vikings, if they can get a number two, right now their number two is KJ Osborne, who's a fine player. But yeah. if he's your number two, I you don't want him as love a three. it. Yes, if he's your three, then your unit is really strong. If they can get a number two, you know, draft somebody who ends up being good. Like when Thielen was was at his peak, then you were like, damn, Justin Jefferson, Thielen. Now you're like really strong. He's clear. I mean, they know they cut him, so I mean they. They know what he is now. He's just a little older. If they, they can easily vault to the top of the rankings if they get a strong number two. I feel like we're closer. You thought we were going to argue. I feel like we're we're pretty united on these. The Bears, though, is pretty crazy to, to me. I think you're much higher on Darnell Mooney than I am, and Chase Claypool is just pointless. Uh, it's hilarious. <laughs> the Steelers got the 32nd overall pick. 32nd overall pick for Chase Claypool. That is just good job. They got a first-round pick for Chase Claypool? Well, it it was a second round pick, but it's the first pick in the second round, and the Dolphins don't have their first. Oh, pick. Oh, right, right. So okay. it, it's the thirty second overall pick. Yeah, he ain't worth that. That should, but like as a number three, a guy that has some speed, I don't. To he me, did like, nothing for them last year. Nothing. Oh, but that's I not Justin the, Fields' fault, though, right? If Michael Thomas is healthy, which he never is, I'd put them ahead of the Bears for sure. Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, so good, and then Rashid Rashid Shahid. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty de- decent. Jawan Johnson ended up being a decent tight end last year. If you still have Kamara, like that's a nice group of pass catchers. And you can't forget about the Seahawks with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. The and tight Noah ends Fant. are meh. Like you need Noah Fant. They should have gotten more out of Noah Fant last year, but yeah. you're right. The receivers are great. The the starters, the number two, but like, yeah, the depth wasn't all, you know, with the other teams in the NFC. How about the Lions with, Amon Ross St. Brown and DJ Chark. And... They don't have DJ Chark anymore. That's the thing. Oh, that's right. I'm I sorry. would have considered them if they still had DJ Chark because Jamison Williams with the speed. And I think Amon Ross St. Brown is fantastic. They're really missing that third guy because they also don't have TJ Hawkinson now. If they had Hawkinson or DJ Chark still, I would have considered them. But 
like they really just have Amon Ra, and then you're hoping Jamison Williams turns into something great. Right. Jamison Williams had one catch last year, yeah. and I know he was hurt, but like, look, there are a ton of wide receivers that were drafted higher than Jamison Williams that have stunk. See Davis, comma Corey from the uh, New York Jets, Cincinnati Bengals. So yeah, it's all hope right now in Detroit. I forgot about Chark. That's that's my bad. Thanks for correcting me. All right. Uh, do you want to move on to offensive line? Yes. Now this one's a little bit harder because I'm not going to act like I'm like this offensive line enthusiast and I just know all the offensive lines around the league, but I did my research and I, I made my rankings and um, well, this is where I think we're going to disagree. So I want you to start first. Where do you have them ranked in the NFC with the, among the whole offensive line unit? So I'm so glad you said that because I agree. Like I'm not Brandon Thorne. I'm not Brad Graham. I'm not an offensive line guru. So this is probably my least scientific. But this is the scariest one for me because offensive line is incredibly important. Obviously, they make your whole offense work. And I, I think you could argue the Niners are down at like 10, 11 in the okay. NFC. And so that's we scary. actually will agree because I thought you're going to have them high. Because for some reason, 49ers fans are like, oh, our offensive line was like really good last year. Like, no, the system's really good and it hides all the problems. And so maybe you don't need to spend a lot of money on offensive line because like Shanahan just knows how to work around it. But like four, three of the pieces, like, I mean, I guess I don't want to put all the stock in PFF, but they graded out absolutely horrendous. So <laughs> there is something to that, I feel like. And then also like, if Jake Brendel or Spencer Burford or Colton McKivitz or like if they weren't on the 49ers would another team be picking them up to start? I don't think so. Maybe Aaron Banks because he was a high draft pick. Like they would be like, okay, we'll bring him in. And But would he be an – like if they were to sign and be like, oh, that's her starter. Like, I don't know if four guys on the 49ers line would be starting for very many other teams. And that's where I'm kind of coming into this. I didn't think that Jake Brendel, I thought Jake Brendel was like, oh, yeah, he'll be back. No problem. Apparently, like there was a legit market for him. They had to win the bidding. I don't want to call it a bidding war, but like they had to competition to re-sign him. And I didn't think that they would. Um, he, he played better than I thought he was going to play. Trent Williams is still really, really good. I'm not. He's maybe getting he's, old, though. Yeah, he's getting up there. He never plays a full season. Keep that in mind, too. So he's going to miss some time, which is a scary prospect, because then I'm looking at like Jalen Moore at left tackle. and That scares the hell out of me. I think Aaron Banks is going to be better. I think Burford's going to be better. Uh, Brendel, you know, he was a Pro Bowl alternate. So as long as he can just, you know, continue producing at that level, they're going to be OK. But they're not the elite class in the NFC. Not even close. They're not close to Philly. They're not close to. Well, most of the other teams in the top five I have are actually in the AFC. I just realized I have Cleveland, Kansas City, Baltimore, New England. Yeah, Those I was going to say 10-11 is a little low for the NFC. 10-11 in the league. Sorry. I have them uh, in the same group as like 6-7-8. 6-7-8. That's where I have them around. I would put the Eagles over them for sure. They're yep. elite. The Falcons have a really nice line. Yes. The Lions, the Packers, if David Bakhtiari you know, it's healthy. And then the Cowboys, if healthy, I think have a much better line than the 49ers overall. I'd put them along the same group as the Buccaneers and the Giants, where they have a really good left tackle or a really good one tackle, right? Tristan Wirfs, Andrew Thomas. And then the rest of their line is like, eh, there's a lot of question marks, but like with the Giants, at least they drafted Evan Neal in the early first round 
last year. Now mm-hmm. didn't have a great rookie season, but he had that talent to go what top six. So there's like hope that he gets much better. And then they kind of have those middle pieces there as well, just like San Fran. So I would probably put them just a little over them just because they have two tackles that are young and can be elite. We already know Andrew Thomas is super, super good. Maybe Evan Neal could be. And then the Buccaneers, Tristan Wirfs, I think is one of the best tackles in the league, right? Like could be put around the same group as Trent Williams, but he's what, like 10 years younger. So that's (laughs) nice. And then they still have Ryan Jensen at the moment for center. I think that's better than Jake Brendel. And then they drafted a guy like last year in Luke Decky. He wasn't that great, but I think there's hope for him. And then a couple random dudes like the 49ers. So kind of in that group. I'm interested to see what some of the guys the Niners did lat uh, drafted last year end up doing this year. Like Nick Zakel is a guy supposedly that they really love that they wanted to take the year to see maybe he could be the center behind Brendel. Uh, Jason Poe is a crazy athletic offensive lineman. He's such a weird, he's so small, but he's so thick and athletic. Could he be an option at center or guard? I think they're kind of, they're willing to take a look at some of those guys. So the offense, there's a chance. I think the offensive line could be better than last year, but there's also a chance that, you know, those PFF rankings for the guards end up sticking. And then, you know, then it's a little dicier because let's not pretend like this offensive line was mowing people down for the whole season. Like they hurt three quarterbacks this year, four, four quarterbacks this year. Why do we do that? It's not all on the offensive line, but at the same time, Brock, they were not blocking Brock Purdy at all in that game. He was getting mauled. Now the Eagles have a fantastic front seven, which we'll get to in a second here. So like, yeah. And they had 70 sacks last year. Like I get it. But like they were not protecting Brock Purdy in the least bit. And it is a reason why he got hurt in that game. Josh Johnson also got knocked out in that game. So it's like they weren't being the best at protecting their quarterbacks either. And like they they're not asked to do all that much. Like the quarterbacks run out like they they get the ball out quickly. They do small stuff. So it's like you're not asked to do all that much. And you still had four quarterbacks get hurt. Like it's not all on the offensive line, but there's has to be a little something to that. Yeah, I mean, it's not the offensive line's fault that Josh Johnson's head bounced off the ground. I mean, it is their fault they let a defender to him and let yeah, him okay, smash but him like to the ground. Sometimes the defender gets to see that's the problem. The everything around the quarterback shouldn't have to be freaking perfect for them to succeed. But was Brock Purdy not get? I mean, Brock Purdy had no time. Oh, he was. I mean, the Eagles' defensive line kicked the ass of the 49ers. I mean, it was like five in seconds into the game, but like every single pass play he had, which I don't, I think it, I don't even know what it was. Like three, it just felt like they were getting in the backfield so fast. It's they like, were there, you, yeah. Can you uh, figure that out? And then when Josh Johnson got in, it's the offensive line was garbage. Like, <laughs> So when you're kind of, I, I get it. The Eagles have a great defensive line and they're, but if you're going to compare yourself to like, are you a good offensive line or not? You should be able to hold your own against other good teams. Do you want to go to the front seven now? Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. Where does the 49ers front seven rank in the NFC? I have them at number one. And to I me, have them at number two. I don't even think it's that close. When you have Bosa and Armstead and Hargrave, Warner, Greenlaw, that is amazing for a front seven. Not counting anything that Drake Jackson gives you this year, which I think he'll be better. I'm not going to say he's you know going to get 15 sacks, but I think there's a legit chance he gets eight or nine sacks this year. To me, I had them at number one. Did you? Let me guess. You're going with Dallas at number one? 
No, the Eagles, who had 70 sacks last year. That's who I'm going with, who broke the record for the most sacks in the season. I'm going to go with that team. Uh, I get that Hargrave is now with the 49ers, which, yes, that's fantastic. They would be lower if they didn't get Hargrave. A, let's just talk about this. The second guy for the 49ers in sacks had, what, five? Samson and he's now gone. The Eagles had four guys with 11 plus sacks last year and Hargrave was just one of them. So mm-hmm. he's gone. They still have three other guys that had 11 plus sacks last year, plus Fletcher Cox who had seven sacks. So that's how many guys that had more than just the second guy for the 49ers last year. You have Hassan Reddick, you have Brandon Graham, you have Josh Lett, you have Fletcher Cox, you have Jordan Davis who they took early last year and didn't really get to play all that much because Hargrave is so good and they still have Flexer Cox. Now he comes in and gets poor playing time. They still have Milton Williams. Sorry, my cat is like messing up my <laughs> my desk like crazy. Messing up the flow. And yeah, they lost Hargrave, but they're going to be okay because they bring in Jordan Davis who's younger and crazy athletic and and then I didn't even bring up Derek Barnett who is a first round pick as well back in the day, like kind of a disappointment, but they have so many pieces. Now their linebackers are a little bit questionable. Like I would take the 49ers linebackers over them, but Nicobe Dean, I really liked him coming out of school. He fell in the draft because people were worried if his shoulder was going to be okay. It was fine. So there was no reason for him to fall. He's just going to slot in to the starting line. And then Nicholas Moreau, like they'll be fine there. Their defensive line. I think like I would, I think it's better than the 49ers. Here's what I'll say about the Eagles. They're very long in the tooth. They're counting on some old players. You mentioned Fletcher Cox. Absolutely. I mean, he's a good player, but he's clearly on the decline. You mentioned Brandon Graham. He's what? 35. I think. Is that right? I think, I know he's in his thirties. Well, Hargrave's Um, in his thirties as well. Hargrave is going to be 30. He's already in his 35. There's a big, he's already in his thirties. Fletcher Cox old. So there may be a little bit of a drop off there in Philly. Plus you mentioned the Hargrave loss, which impacts the rest of the defensive line. Part of the reason those guys were able to get as many sacks as they did is because Hargrave was causing havoc in the middle of that defensive line. If he's not there, let's see some of those older guys have, you don't think Jordan Davis is going to cause havoc. Is he going to have 11 sacks? I don't know. But he doesn't really need them because Ruddick had 16 and Graham had 11 and Sweat had 11 and Cox had seven and Milton Williams even had five, I think, or four or five, like still better, nearly as good as Samson Ibukam, who is their second best guy. I know I always say his last name wrong. Just let me have it. <laughs> um, like, I just, I, I think it's the Eagles. I think the Eagles linebackers are so much worse than the 49ers linebackers. Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner are outstanding. There's nobody on the Eagles that compares just from the linebacker spot. So that was a factor for me as well. Where'd you have the Cowboys? Three. Put them at three behind the 49ers. Micah, Leighton Vander Ash, Tank, Anthony Ball. Like they've got some guys in Dallas. That defense is going to be good because Dallas's defense is good at all levels. Yeah, the 49ers are definitely third there. And then after that, I think there's a pretty massive drop off. I'd probably yes. go like Packers, Commanders, but it's not even close to those three teams. Yeah, I really like at the beginning of the year, I was way more impressed with the Commanders front seven than I was by the end of the year. 
And I, you know, kind of surprised. They really... should have more. Yes. They should be better. Like they have a lot of good pieces. It doesn't really make sense that they don't have higher sack totals or pressure totals. But the Packers also like they have a lot of nice pieces. Now they have a lot of like Devontae Wyatt and Quay Walker. They were rookies last year and they performed yep. pretty well. So if they take that next step forward, they could be really good because Rashawn Gary really has become a really solid defender. You still have Preston Smith and then Kenny Clark and Devondre Campbell, who's a good linebacker. So like they have a nice front seven. It just doesn't seem like they have that dominant piece like a Nick Bosa or a Parsons or mm-hmm. Hassan Reddick even. So that's why they're just a little bit lower. Yeah, I think that's fair. But I agree with you. Dallas, San Francisco, Philadelphia, a tier above every like there is a separation there for sure. All right, let's go to the secondary now. And oh boy, this is this is dicey. Um, uh, this scared me a little bit. Where do you have the 49ers secondary in the NFC? So I have at least one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams ahead of them for sure. Oof. And then I have two teams that are close in the same tier as them. So uh, around, yeah. around eight to 10. Okay, uh, run down the list for me. Okay, it goes Eagles. This is not exactly in order, but Eagles, Packers, Cowboys, Saints, Buccaneers, Panthers, Falcons. I take all those groups over the 49ers. I think it's close with the Seahawks. It's close with the Seahawks. And then I, I, I lied. It wasn't two teams there with. I put that the Lions are sneakily fixing their secondary, but I would still take the 49ers group over the Lions right now. This is really like when you really sit down and compare to the rest of the conference, you're like, they're way behind. Like it's, it's yes. Mooney Ward is awesome. But after that, I feel like it's a bunch of guys that Niner fans probably rate a little higher than they actually are. Like, yeah, I know Talano Hufongo was first team all pro to me. He did not play like a first team all pro safety the entire year. I think if you flip flopped his year, and he, the first part of the year began with how he was playing at the end of the year. I don't know that he wins first team all pro. He had a lot of good plays in prime time in front of people that a lot of national audiences got the chance to see. Not that he's a bad player by any stretch of the imagination. I just don't think he was the best safety in the NFL last year. And then, you know, you have Tashawn Gibson, who had a lot of interceptions last year, but it's not necessarily anything he was doing. And he's also getting extremely old as well. And it's a like the speed there kind of scares me, the speed aspect from the safeties. And then, like you said, it's Ward and then a bunch of guys that you're hopeful for. It's just a bunch of guys are like, please don't ruin this for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, whenever you see them being targeted, you're like, oh God, like just come on. And when they do make a good play, you're like, wow, like good job. Like you're like, you're pleasantly surprised. That's never really a good place to be in. So, uh, yeah, th- that's a little bit worrisome to me. But, because their front seven is so good, they mm-hmm. don't like they're able to get away a lot more. Like they they don't need they don't need this like stacked secondary because their front seven is able to get pressure so fast. It definitely helps out the secondary a lot. There's a couple reasons to be optimistic this year. One, you're hoping that a lot of the players in the secondary are young, right? Lenore is very young. Talano Hufanga is like 23 years old. He's very young. Maybe you're hoping to get Samuel Womack can take a step forward. You know, Isaiah Oliver was a second round pick a few years ago. He's the new nickel corner. Hopefully he can take a step forward. There's, it's possible they play better 
or they are a better secondary this year than they were last year, even with most of the same players. And the other thing is Steve Wilkes, their new defensive coordinator, was a secondary coach. That's his specialty. So that is not something the 49ers have had. Their previous two defensive coordinators were linebackers coaches. So maybe, hopefully, Steve Wilkes can get a, you know, squeeze a little more juice from that orange and help with some of that improvement. But yeah, they have a ways to go in the NFC. And can we just talk about Seattle real quick? Like for a portion of the season last year, they started Kobe Bryant and Michael Jackson at corner. Like, why haven't we talked about that enough? Kobe Bryant and Michael Jackson. That's weird. Okay. That is weird. That is weird. It's also weirder that like with the, it looks like it would be the worst group of all time, especially adding in Tariq Woolen, who was a late draft pick and they held their own. So, and then you Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs, and then they added Julian Love in free agency. Which group would you take the Seahawks group or the 49ers group? I do Seahawks. think it's close. You think I would Seahawks take the Seahawks. Group? Tariq Woolen is a freak. He's like six five and he runs like a four three four. Like he's like a fast Richard Sherman, which is kind of terrifying. Um, their secondary, just look at it like this. How many names do you know in a given secondary? Usually, like every team has one, right? Mooney Ward for the 49ers, uh, Trayvon Diggs for the Dallas Cowboys. There's always like one name in the secondary that you've heard of. Then you go to Seattle and you're like, wait a minute, they have Jamal Adams. They have Tariq Woolen. They have Quandre Diggs, like you mentioned. You're like, damn, I know all these guys. Well, uh, that's the Lions. Sneak, like, if uh, Okuda, um, yep. if he was stepping up last year, so if he actually ends up being the player, he's never going to be a player that was expected. But if he ends up being a solid corner, and then they sign CJ Gardner Johnson, they signed Cameron Sutton, who was the Steelers' best corner by far. They signed Emmanuel Mosley, and when he's healthy, he's really good. Like that's a pretty solid group, especially if they end up spending another first rounder on like trying to bring in a top, uh, another safety or a corner or something like that. Like. They're really fixing their secondary. I can't put them ahead of the 49ers right now just because of how bad they've been. Like they've been so <laughs> yeah, bad at covering terrible. the pass. I'm not willing to be like, oh, like, yeah, this group just because they added some guys are better. But it, it's looking, they're really looking to fix it right now. And with how good their offense can be, we like don't want them to fix their defense because like that, that's become scary. Dallas has upgraded their secondary too, adding Stefan Gilmore to go with Trayvon Diggs. Dallas's defense is really, really complete. Um, And to kind of zoom out here, what this kind of exercise has taught me is that there is no complete team in the NFC. Every team in the NFC has at least one kind of weakness, but fortunately for the Eagles, it's at running back. And that's the least important unit in this whole thing. And everyone pretty much is like, oh, like Bijan Robinson to the Eagles because they have two first round picks. So they could right. afford to do that. If they get Bijan Robinson, just give them the championship. Just give them the ring. I don't know. I mean, Jalen Hurts had the game of his life in the Super Bowl and they still didn't win. And that's not a knock on him and any like he may never play that good in a game again. There was an if they had won, that game would have gotten talked about and that performance would have been like one of the greatest Super Bowl performances by a quarterback ever. And they lost and we're going to forget all about it. Yeah, it's crazy. I know that defense allowed 38 points. <laughs> Yeah, don't let the other team score on every possession in the second half. But yeah, so I look at the Niners and the quarterback is like between six and eight. Running backs are first. Pass catchers are second. 
offensive line, dicey. That's the biggest issue. The front seven, they're top two, and the secondary is not elite, but good enough with the front seven that they have. So do you feel better or worse about the 49ers in the NFC after running through this? I feel better about them definitely being number two. I feel like before I did this exercise, I probably would have talked myself into them having a more complete roster than the Eagles. And then after doing this, I don't think that's true. I think the Eagles have the much more complete roster, including the most important position, which is the quarterback. And when you, we both named Jalen Hurts as the number one guy in the NFC. Now, if he was in the AFC, he wouldn't be number one or probably not even top five, maybe. And I love Jalen Hurts. Maybe top four, five. Okay, let's rank him in the let's rank him real quick in the AFC because I do have that stat pulled up with AFC NFC quarterbacks, so we can get into that. But where would Jalen Hurts be if he was in the AFC? Because we have him number one, both of us in the NFC. It's a good question. The AFC is absolutely loaded right now. I know you're giving me a healthy Lamar Jackson because that's a that's a factor too. I mean, we're giving the Lamar Jackson of his career, so it's been on and off he's had healthy years he's had unhealthy years yeah so i would go mahomes one allen two burrow three lamar would be four if i get a healthy lamar he's up there man i would probably put him four um i don't know what to make of russell wilson herbert you're missing (sighs) herbert here herbert yeah he's definitely a cut below for me though he makes some crazy throws, but he makes a lot of stupid throws, too. I would rather Jalen Hurts than Lamar Jackson. Yeah, we don't know if Hurts is going to hold up, though, right? I mean, he does run a lot. Lamar had a, that one season when he won the MVP where he ran a lot, and you know now he's been banged up. So we don't know about Jalen Hurts, how well he's going to hold up. But he's five, six, maybe? Do you think that's fair? I take Jalen Hurts because of his leadership and because I I do think his passing this year took a huge step forward. I trust his passing more than I would trust Lamar's. And like, Mm. yeah, Lamar is a more special athlete, but I'm going to take the whole, the whole quarterback. I would take Jalen Hurts over. I mean, if, if you're going to sit there and tell me that Justin Fields is going to be so much better when he has weapons, like who, please tell me who Lamar Jackson has had other than a, one of the best tight ends in the league. Yeah, Mark great. And then also Marquise Brown was a very good wide receiver. No, he wasn't. Yes, he wasn't. He is. How did he do in Arizona? He got hurt immediately. Oh, he did. darn. What do you mean? The first six weeks without DeAndre Hopkins there, he was the wide receiver one for them and was on pace to have a fantastic season. Then DeAndre Hopkins comes back. He gets hurt. And yeah, after that, but the, his first start of the season was fantastic. Fantastic is wide receiver one. And he had thousand yard seasons with the Ravens. He like, he had massive games with Lamar. It's just Lamar likes to overthrow guys. Sometimes I'm not, he could throw, he could throw just fine. He just not the best thrower in the world. I mean, if you're talking about quarterbacks and systems, if you put Lamar with Kyle Shanahan, they might never lose. Lamar is great. Lamar is great. I just, I think Jalen hurts a little bit better. I would put Jalen Hurts at four or five in the AFC because Justin Herbert, I think, is truly special too. So those two are tied for me at four, Hurts and Herbert. The, yeah, the only thing I just – Herbert, man, he makes some weird freaking plays sometimes. And Josh Allen does a little bit too. Like a little self-destruct there. Um, but I don't know. I mean, when you get into like intangibles and stuff like that, 
I don't know where to put Jalen Hurts with all that stuff. He talks a good game at the podium. He's got an excellent podium game. He's only going to be better next year because they lost the Super Bowl, too. He's only going to be better. He's going to be so motivated. Oh, well, thank God they didn't win then. Otherwise, he might get worse. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> He's going to be so motivated. He's going to be so ready to go. All right. What's your AFC NFC quarterback stat? All right. So I was doing, I, I was comparing AFC starting quarterbacks to NFC starting quarterbacks. Now, we don't know all the starters for week one, but I did the top guy on each roster as of this moment. So, like, yeah, Gardner Minshew right now is the starting quarterback for the Colts. It's not ideal, but it is what it is. <laughs> but also, like, Andy Dalton's the starting quarterback for the Panthers, and that's giving them a lot more of these stats here because Andy Dalton has a lot of stats in his career, which is helping them look better, and that's not going to be the Panthers' starting quarterback next year. So, but anyways, and this is, includes Rodgers going to the Jets because we just assume that's going to happen, right? Okay. So the quarterback win percentage for AFC quarterbacks is 0. .608. So well over 500 NFC quarterbacks, 0.493. So losing record there for the NFC quarterbacks past touchdowns in their career, 2009 for the AFC, 1,764 for the NFC. So 300 more. And it's not because they played more games or anything. They played actually pretty equal games because the interceptions NFC quarterbacks have 150 more interceptions than AFC quarterbacks do. Well, again, the AFC quarterbacks had 300 more touchdowns than NFC did. So that's pretty crazy. And then playoff wins, AFC quarterbacks, 49, NFC quarterbacks, 15, 49 to 15 for playoff wins and pro bowl selections, 36 to 21, all pro selections, seven to zero AFC to NFC. There's no, wait a minute. How, oh, cause Rogers left. Yeah. And it's pretty much just Rogers um Lamar Mahomes it's like those three right that so that's right because yeah there's only I see man I do think the NFC is definitely in a state of transition that's why I kept screaming about Trey Lance because like in the conference I mean Hertz is young but Dak is Dak's not old but he's getting older Cousins is in his 30s Stafford is in his 30s like who is it? Even Gino is older for, you know, a guy that really just has had one good season. The opportunity is there, man. It is right freaking there. So frustrating. It is. It is. Also, it's just like, can the Jets and Packers just figure it out? Oh, my God. I just want it to just happen. So we have it. We we know what's happening. Let's go. Like, we already know it's happening. So what's the holdup? Just... So, okay, I'm going to put you on the spot now. Jordan Love, is he going to be a thing? Or do the 49ers not? Because if he can play, the Packers have a good enough roster around him to be, you know, a contender in the NFC. But we have no idea about him. I don't think he's going to be a thing. I think he could be like a Jacoby Brissett. Okay. Like, he's a fine starter. And if you have fine pieces around him, you can. he'll be okay. But I don't see him, like, I don't see them being contenders with Jordan Love. So you think the North is the Lions division to lose? I do. I do. I don't. I'm, I'm so much the, lower. I also, also remember my Eagles take from 2021. Which one? <laughs> where I said they'd make the playoffs and they were like a middle tier team. Not really great, but they squeaked into the playoffs and then they ended up being fantastic in 2022. That's my bears for this year. I think the bears in 2021 will be sneaky playoff team lose terribly in the wild card run 
The Bears in 2023, you mean? Yes, yes. The Bears in 2023 will be like the Eagles, Eagles in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the NFC is wide open playoff-wise. Uh, I wish the NFC South wouldn't even get a representative. I could see the Bears no. sneaking in because I think Fields, his legs are so good that he's going to help them win. You might only seven, have to eight, win nine. eight eight games yep. to get in. Like, honestly, no, probably nine. You're, they need nine, but it could be nine and eight. If Justin Fields takes that next step forward, their defense is the concern, I guess. But that's kind of what it was with the Eagles. It was like they had middling tier quarterback that could run and it wasn't, you know, he, you could see he was improving, but it still wasn't fantastic yet. And then middle around him and all that good stuff. But let me look I, at I, the early Bears schedule outside of division games. Falcons, Panthers, Broncos, Raiders, Cardinals, Chiefs, Chargers, Saints, Bucks, Commanders, Browns. They'll get in. They'll be in the playoffs, I think. I feel comfortable with that. They have to play the AFC West. Not ideal. Not but, ideal. But they get to play the NFC South. Is yeah. that what you named? Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Let's go. And like even the Browns. Like I don't I don't know for sure that Deshaun Watson is all of a sudden going to be the same quarterback we saw with the Texans. Deshaun Watson was not good last year. Not good. And if, I mean, he got outplayed by Jacoby Brissett. I don't even think that's arguable. So even that is not a tough game on the Bears' schedule. Yeah, I like it. I'm going to call them to make the playoffs right now. Interesting. We're going to, we got plenty of time for predictions. We haven't even had the draft yet. Last thing before we go Kyle Shanahan. And probably John Lynch will speak at the owners' meetings on Sunday. Do you think Kyle says anything about the quarterback situation at all? No, he'll just be his grouchy old man self. <laughs> How about Kay? Kind of throwing him under the bus a little bit. Do you did you catch that when she was like, eh, kind of, you know, he's a little full of himself. Oh wow, shocker. Yeah, I mean, I agreed with her fully. He is. He is he, Yeah, he is. He's not someone I would want to hang out with or be friends with. But he can play. He can call offensive calls when he wants to. So good for him. And thank you very much, Kay Adams, for giving us a shout out on her show, Up and Adams. We appreciate that. And thanks for coming on. You can see that full video is up on the YouTube page. And Michelle, I know that you have been in the lab tinkering and your podcast, the Ball Blast podcast, brand new format. And it's a smashing success. Thank you. Yes. We started a whole new format. It's just me and my wife. It used to be with another guy who was fantastic, but he had to, he had to leave the show. So we kind of changed it up. It's not, we talk about all the latest news and how that affects the, you know, all the latest football news and how that will affect fantasy and sports betting. But it's really just us talking football and throwing in some, like how it'll affect fantasy for next year as well. But if you enjoy my 49ers takes, and want to hear about all of the NFL and all of the latest news and my thoughts on it. Come listen to the ball blast podcast. You can find us on all the apps. It's ball blast. One word. If you type it in as two words, it's a little bit harder to find. So ball blast, all one word. And uh, hope you enjoy it. Before we go, please vote in the Niners media madness bracket. We are down to the final four. Believe Stats. it or not. Can I yell at you really quick? All right. I listened to your and Levin's podcast yesterday. I will say that, like there's a little bit of time left, so I haven't done the whole thing, but you're going through the bracket and you get to your and Jason Aponte's thing, but you didn't ever bring up me beating Levin. Like, how did you not bring that up on your show yesterday with Levin? 
Well, because we were only talking about that specific oh, round. He he like cried on Twitter afterwards. He was so <laughs> upset. And you didn't mess with him on the podcast for losing to me. I was so upset that you didn't bring it up. Are you just like, you know, play like you're worried about his reaction or something? No, we were talking about round three specifically, oh, which you did God. not make. So that's why your name did not appear during the thing when you yeah, but beat like Levin. you saw like Levin and I, we have a confident, you know, we're competitive know. against each other. And he took it very hard. <laughs> he took it very hard after he lost. It's, and I'm sure I this feel is helping like, with all of that. <laughs> and I feel like you should have made fun of him a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Look at you. You're like, Rob, I think you should have <laughs> twisted the knife more. Really. It's what you're, what you're saying, but we're down to the final four. It's Grant against Vish, which is, that is impressive. And then you got Eric Crocker, who is the favorite, who is steamrolling people in the tournament against Matt Barrows, one of the godfathers of the 49ers press corps. That's going to be an interesting matchup. That's like new media, old media going up against each other. We're in the finals. You can click the link in the description of this show. It'll take you right there. You can vote. I believe we're doing it on Twitter, actually. Uh, so you way here. You could see the results as they come in, because I know a lot of people complained about that. And Next year, it's going to be even bigger. I'm going to do a much better job of getting people in the tournament. I know there were some complaints that there weren't enough women in the tournament. I agree. That's my bad. We will have many more people next year, I promise you. And again, this is just supposed to be a fun thing to get people exposure. And I hope that's all people take from this. Yeah, I got a lot of new 49ers followers on my Twitter so I love that. Love them coming along. And um, yeah, I think it's been fun, even though I got my booty kicked by you, but deservingly. <laughs> so uh, I just wanted to beat Levin. That's all I want to do. And I uh-huh. did it. So I'm happy. Oh, Jason and dead to me. I'm going to bury him in the bracket next year. <laughs> I will make sure he doesn't get out of the first round. And as I told him, I'll just hate him forever now. Cause I see, I wanted to win. Like I legitimately want to, I want to win everything I do. Like we're going to have a game night next week and we're yeah, probably yeah. going to play some sort of game. If I don't win, I will be mad. <laughs> Uh, I will also, so this will be interesting. Yes. So one of us is going to end the night mad. So fun. fun we time. just need to be on the same team, and then we have to yeah. make sure that we win. Yeah, because Kate is a much better loser. I don't know about your wife. But yeah, we're doing a double date, so we'll have to talk about that uh, on the pod afterwards. Yep, Friends on the show, friends in real life. Aww. Aww. All right, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. Michelle, hope you have a fantastic weekend. Don't die in that 5K heart breaker thing whatever the hell you're calling it just stay alive to do the show next week (laughs) will do bye y'all